Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Soap Dish Salem Style. Uh, Michael is not here this week, so I will be hosting. And with me today, I have Nick, Dylan, and Ariat. Say hello. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. So let us jump right into our news segment. Uh, the first item on the list is the Beyond Salem promo and promotional art dropped. And this made me so excited. I was already so excited for the show, but this made me even more excited. What did you guys think of the promo and the promotional photo that dropped? It gave me such a 90s vibe to the whole promo. And I, I honestly enjoyed everything. I cannot wait to see the drama play out. Like, I'm so excited. I'm more excited to be on Salem than I am for the show, but I can't wait, so yeah. I know, I was so excited. Yeah, I'm like, I'm super, super excited about Beyond Salem. Cause it's like, I, I really am just like looking forward to seeing some of my faves and like new locations and having an adventure story and seeing people that I miss get to return to like I'm really happy to see Leo and also like just on a personal note y'all know that I am like a drag enthusiast (laughs) and so like I was really gagged seeing that Jackie Cox was going to be playing (laughs) Billy's body double and like if you don't understand how that casting came about I would suggest that you go watch the Snatch Game episode of season 12 of RuPaul's Drag Race, and it will answer a lot of your questions. I had no idea who that was when when they popped up in the promo. Uh, Oh, no, Jackie is a big deal. She is a she is a big deal. Like if you if you are familiar with drag, you know who she is. And and if you are familiar with Drag Race, you know exactly why she got cast. But yeah, just like watch the Snatch Game episode, RuPaul's Drag Race season 12. It it will explain her casting. I and just hope I think, it's successful. Ahead. I just really hope it's successful. I need people to watch because this is our last chance. <laughs> 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 this, yeah, this I think watch. it's going to be successful because like Peacock is putting money into it. Like we've got billboards up at the Burbank Studios like can't remember the last time days had a billboard for anything and then like all the money with all the returns that are coming in like that promo looked amazing like can the editors please whoever edited this promo can you edit the regular show promo too yeah and I love that they waited until the promo to reveal that Charles Shaughnessy is returning as Shane Donovan I was so happy to see him I love Shane. Oh, I love Shane so fun. much. And Shane and John are like one of my favorite friendships. Like I'm just so excited for all of this. And they're tying this into the Alam like into the Alamanes with the Alamanian peacock, which was apparently stolen in 1991, which was around the time that we found out that John was an Alamane. Then we've got the casting of a potential new Alamane that we've never seen before. So I'm just so excited for all things beyond Salem. September 6th cannot get here quick enough. Mm -hmm. Our last bit of news, this was a bit of a surprise, but I, for one, am thrilled. Jamie Giddens is joining the writing staff as a breakdown writer. 
His first script is the last episode of Beyond Salem on September 10th. And then he will be having scripts debut on the main show in November. Are we excited? Because I know I am. Very excited. Because I remember when I first started listening to DC um, and Jamie would always wax poetic about days. I didn't. That was before I started watching it. And he was such a big fan. He grew up on it. So it was nice to see him. It's nice to see him actually get there because he's been writing for a while now. Um, and I think he speaks Ron. I think he can translate Ron well. <laughs> so <laughs> some of his, some of, some of Ron's weird storyline ideas, he might be able to translate better. So I'm excited about that. And I think this is the perfect position for him, especially with yeah. the head writer. I'm not really familiar with Jamie's writing, but I know how much he understands and respects the genre and I know how hyped up his show ambitions were and I've always wanted to watch it like I've told you guys and I cannot wait like I know that Jamie will do such a wonderful job yeah I'm like seriously thrilled to have him on the writing staff because I I was like a huge fan of ambitions and I I love his work and his writing and like selfishly maybe I'm hoping that this means not just good things for the show in general but good things for the black characters specifically and I hope it's a sign of things to come in that we're getting like new blood into these writers rooms because I feel like that's been a big part of the problem with the genre just not like letting new people break through and so I'm hoping we keep going in that direction and that we eventually get some black women into the writer's room as well right Susan Dansby (laughs) Susan Dansby she worked on ambitions with Jamie yeah call her call her Jamie Jamie. she just left YNR call her (laughs) but yeah I'm I'm happy about this and I'm just really excited to see what happens and wishing him like all the success and luck in the world. I cannot wait to see exactly what his scripts look like when they hit air. Cause I think you're right. He's going to be able to translate Ron really well. Cause a lot of like Ron has great ideas. He's always had great ideas mostly, but where the disconnect is, is there's always been a disconnect in his idea and how it translates to the screen. There's always been an issue somewhere in the chain, be it with the breakdown writers or the script writers, there's always a miscommunication somewhere and things don't always end up as he envisioned them. Hopefully this fixes that. And the fact that he's going to be writing November sweeps has me really excited, (laughs) especially if what's rumored to happen is in fact happening, and that is all I will say on that. I right? won't say anything this time. I'll be quiet. <laughs> no, bleep. <laughs> no, but I, I, I have such a feeling that um, Ron and Jamie will bring us like the glory '90s soap. Oh my god, I'm so excited! In the best way they can with a 2021 budget, yes. But I'm just excited that history is actually going to like. History has always been mined on days, but there have been times when history has not always been respected. Like there are things that have somehow 
gotten misconstrued or misdirected, which hopefully this will fix that because Jamie is like an encyclopedia of Day's knowledge. So things, this is such a good move. I'm so excited. I literally see no downside and I just cannot wait to see where things go. And I love the fact that Days keeps making game-changing, genre-changing moves. And with that, I think we can delve into our story recap of the week. I'm pretty sure I'm the only one who cares about this first one. So I'm just going to talk about it, get it out of the way, because I doubt either any of you watched this first one. Uh, Ben and Sierra finally get to have their wedding night, which is something that we were not treated to the first time they got married. So I was happy we actually got to just see them celebrating and being happy. They actually got to talk about the dreams that they shared while she was being held by Vincent and while he was missing her and thinking she was dead. They had shared dreams and they actually got to discuss them. We actually got to see them share a first dance, which is something we've been wanting forever. So I was just a very happy Sin fan. Does anybody have anything else to say on this matter? Well, uh, for me, I think like the Friday before this episode was a good example of how Sin should be written in contrast to what aired. Was this Monday? Yeah, Monday was when they aired. Because it's, for me, it's too much show and not tell. And that's basically all I have to say about these scenes. I don't remember. Okay. Nick, Dylan, anything to add? I didn't watch, so I can't say anything about it. Okay, that's fair. Nick? No, no, no comment. All right, that's why I put it first, because I figured it'd be quick. And now we can move on to the next thing, which I think is going to be just as fast. Jake gets hired at Titan and Gabby's ridiculous plan is underway. Do we care? No. <laughs> we care that it's stupid. They were having sex on Philip's desk. What the fuck was that? What the fuck was that? Why lawsuit, was this a thing? A lawsuit waiting to happen. <laughs> Philip should sue their asses. This, well, <laughs> this thank is God also another like they're trying to, I don't know if they're trying to recapture what Stabby was. And I'm talking, when I say they, I'm talking about the writers. Because it, oh, the, the, I don't get, no, not Stabby. I don't get Gabriella. I don't, oh. I don't even, I don't even understand Gabby's motivations right now. Like, take the couple mess out of it. What the fuck is Gabby's point here? Why does she think that, if Jake gets hired at Titan, that she or Jake would ever be CEO of Titan. She knows how Victor operates. She knows that Victor would basically cut off his right arm before hiring somebody that was not family. So this entire thing seems pointless and reeks of, we have no idea what the fuck we're going to do with them. So we are just going to throw shit at the wall and pray something sticks. The only thing of interest to me was the potential setup of Gabby versus Ava, which has a very stupid beginning. Don't get me wrong. But Jake said something. He said he's, you know, he was worried about Gabby getting into it with Ava because of Ava's reputation. And if we're setting up for Ava to go completely postal, I could be here for that. I just, like for me, Philip being this, completely clueless is painful to watch which thank god is not lasting very, and, very and like what spoilers made happen. it worse was the fact that kate clocked this entire plan 
in like 0.5 seconds. Five seconds. I was it, like, oh, I hate having to agree with Kate. And like she, it took her like no time at all to, not only did she clock it, she broke it down for him. And she called him out for like being naive. I, w- I don't like the subject of their conversation, but I really enjoyed Philip with Kate. Yeah, Philip works best with his family. Yeah, he does. But I, I like it's a quibble, but I noticed it a lot in these scenes. This whole Christian Bale Dark Knight Rises cosplay <laughs> J. Kenneth Johnson is doing, I need it to stop. Just say the lines. Just I think we <laughs> I think we found our episode title 10 minutes into the episode. <laughs> I, I I don't know if he went to the the West Ramsey classically trained oh, no. theater school. Oh, I don't, no, I, he's I not that bad. <laughs> I wonder if it's like yeah, trying I to. I need it to stop. I wonder if it's, it's him. If it's him trying to find his footing into like so backing because i feel like it's kind of he's different. been here a year but like at this point if yeah. you haven't found your footing i don't know like, i don't have a big issue with it because i mean well no it no I, like considering this soap we watch with a lot of actors who aren't the best at like emoting i i don't see like sometimes i'm like oh okay yeah that was a bad like reaction or like acting choice but I, I, I see that he's still got range in him, but he just, I don't know, he makes some choices sometimes that I just shake my head at. But I don't know if it's, if it's Jay's choices or the director's like, choices. I don't know if he's the director, because I mean, like, it, when it's to the point where it's like distracting from the scene, to, like, I, like, I was. In a, I was laughing at points where I should not have been laughing because of the, <laughs> just because I'm just like, oh my god, sir. But yeah, no, I, I, I we don't like that. I don't. I like hope that. it he gets better at like not doing these faces or like. Uh, I don't know. I feel like the faces are only gonna get worse. I don't think it. Uh, it doesn't bother me that much. Like, yeah, like. <laughs> But it also I mean, could be because I'm not really invested in him, so that's maybe the issue. Or um, no, I'm getting like bad. <laughs> All my children, I am that monster. Flashback. <laughs> I got PTSD, y'all. I can't go through that again. Was that was that a Ryan Lavery? Yes. Well, <laughs> I can't go through that again. I cannot. <laughs> I can't. I'm already going through that in Port Charles. I don't need to go through it in Tango. <laughs> well, as Michael likes to say, we will lift that story up in prayer <laughs> and we will move right along uh, to our next thing here. EJ offers to be Xander's lawyer in exchange for the million he got from Sammy. He agrees, gets out on bail and sleeps with Gwen, who came to apologize to him after unsuccessfully trying to get Jack to forgive him. Before we jump into the Xander Gwen of it all, I want to say, fuck Jack Devereaux and the horse he rode in on. (laughs) 
And I say this as a Jack Devereaux fan. What did he even do this week? (laughs) But it's the fact that he's so enraged over what Xander did to Gwen, but he did not keep the same fucking energy in regards to Gwen when she did what she did to Abby. Well, does he know yet? Oh, wait, he does not. He knows she. He knows that Gwen drugged her. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And instead of being fuck you forever, it was kumbaya, let's apologize bullshit. Well, that's because they're related. But Xander does what he he thinks Xander is selling drugs and getting Gwen involved. Well, then Xander is just the worst thing in the world and he needs to go and must protect Gwen at all costs. What the fuck is this shit? It's, Where is my Jack Devereaux? This is giving me 1991 flashbacks, and I don't like it. Well, I mean, this is typically That's how people act with, this whole with illegitimate part. children. <laughs> like they don't know how to. He do, he's overcompensating for everything. The fact that he wasn't there, and he's he's destroying himself in the process. I mean, <sighs> I hate it. Point though. They're getting to the point where, like, even if there's massive fallout, when he finds out everything, it's not going to be enough to course correct. No, there is no course correcting at this point. It's it's bad. Like, if I'm saying fuck Jack Devereaux, it's a problem because y'all know I love that man. But this is not my Jack Devereaux. I don't know who the fuck this is, but he is not my Jack Devereaux. I know one thing. EJ is one crafty bastard. <laughs> he <laughs> is. I loved those scenes. First of all, Dan and Paul play off. They they really do. EJ said, run me my money. <laughs> I didn't think he was going to get him out, but it was nice that he did. <laughs> and the Justin shade was hilarious. That was so rude, but it was <laughs> Is it shade if it's true, though? It was like, when's the last time Justin won a case? He went, touche. I was like, that's right. He, he 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 lost to your wife, and she's not even a lawyer. <laughs> Jesus Christ! At least they keep that through line. Just Justin's not a good lawyer. The the one thing I did not like, though, and the one thing that just made me go ew, and made me say, "Okay, EJ and Sammy are like dead, dead, done, dead." EJ said he wished that Xander had killed her. Yeah, they've been. I think dead. he's on. I think he's on a Stefano type thing because he's. They've been laying it on really thick, and then yeah, yeah, like they like they are saying they are dead, dead, done, dead, and I'm just like, I mean, yay, because I was never a fan of them, and I'm Team Lumi all the way, but like that just seems a bit. It was jarring. It was shocking. <laughs> yeah, it was unexpected when he said it. Because he said he said it like he was just listing off the days of the week too. It was just so nonchalant about it. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> Yeah, I think they're they need to dial it back just just a tad. Just a, yeah, just a little bit because I've I've heard a few people complain about him being a little insufferable. Like he's not bothering me, but I can get why he's bothering some people. What did we think of the Xander Gwen hookup? Did we like it? Do we care? Well, I loved it. So, <laughs> like I've always felt like they had chemistry. I did not care for this whole. I've never been this selfless because yes, you have. Like we literally has he though? Because well, everything he did with Sarah was selfishly motivated. Well, not with no. Maggie. Yeah, exactly. Mac, I think Maggie was the only person he's really been quote unquote selfless with. 
because um, to me, it always seemed like he he switched the babies because he knew if Sarah knew that her baby died, then any chance he had with Sarah died with that child. Mm. So it's not really a selfless motivation if you're getting something out of it too. So that line didn't really bother me because nothing he's ever done has really come off as selfless to me. Yeah, I mean, this didn't really come off. As- well, the thing is, I don't think he expected to get anything in return from Gwen. That's the weird part. I think he was just worried. He's come to care about Gwen. We know he cares about Jack. I think he was just doing it to protect them. Like yeah. If he, if he loses, he said, if I lose Jack as a friend, okay, fine. You shouldn't have to lose your father. So I understood that. I liked the re- I liked her reasoning for screwing him. I'm just thanking you. <laughs> they don't, like they don't do thank you sex often. <laughs> so I enjoyed that. I wish the story was better, but I do like them. Yeah, they have a really good chemistry. They have a really good vibe. I just, I don't know. I just need them to have something story so worth a damn that I can get into. Because, I mean, Emily's doing great work and the chemistry is there. It's just the story is such a dud. Yeah, everything leading up to that point, like they could have just been screwing to screw. Like they didn't have to hide a a body and run drugs. Or even if he was just her sounding board because he's he's the only one who knows her truth. That could have bonded them and led them to this point the body and stuff and the going to jail for her or even if they just even if they took the body stuff out of it and he covered for her in terms of what she did with Snyder that would have been fine it's the whole body thing that's ruining everything yeah I mean they could have just bonded over being outcasts yep that's what I thought they were going to do when I first got the inkling that they were going to put them in each other's orbit I mean, like, I, I, yeah, because I was expecting, like, old school, you know, Todd and Blair Losers Club type thing with these two. And that, that would have worked. Oh, that would have been. And especially if Xander actually had money. Damn it, he doesn't. <laughs> like, that would have worked. I, I, I just feel. And then, too, it's like, we don't care about Dr. Snyder. Like they gave us no reason to care about Dr. Not a not a bit. We don't care about him at all. <laughs> so it's like I don't know. I just I need them to move them to something better so that I can enjoy them more. Agreed. Ariet, what do you think? You guys literally took the words out of my mouth because the story sucks. Xander <laughs> and Gwen, they they do have chemistry. <sighs> I don't know. I ju- I'm just not feeling the way they've written them. I just wanted them to be really messy. But uh, yeah, I'm just praying for a better story because I'm not really. This is not clicking for me right now. But oh. they were hot the other day. Yeah, they, they were hot. Um, we were robbed of a love scene, but I don't think we need it yet because they're not in love. Yeah. But I know Sometimes- for a fact. Emily and Paul can carry a really good story. Just give it to them. Yeah. I'm interested to see exactly what's coming because she's the one who ends up working with AJ from the Backstreet Boys, who we know is a prison guard. So I wonder exact like I wonder if she's trying to break Xander out of jail, if she herself is being broken out of jail. Like I don't. I don't know what's coming and I don't know how we get there, but I'm kind of intrigued to find out. 
Yeah. Yeah, I am too. I, I'm just hoping, like, oh God, I'm hoping if Xander goes to the pen, that doesn't mean I got to see Clyde again. <laughs> they did mention him the other day. I don't care about Hillbilly Orpheus. I don't. <laughs> I don't really care about him either. The only thing I want to be found out is the fact that Clyde was the one who had EJ killed. Yes, because I mean, that's a that's a secret that is still not out. And so I thought it was very interesting that EJ was the one who brought up Clyde because it made me wonder, well, does he know? In one of, what's it called? One of Dan's um, audition scenes with Allison Sweeney, he mentions the guy that killed him for Clyde. I think his name was Miguel. Yes. So they could be going that route. I wouldn't hate it. Me either. I really kind of hope they do because that's kind of always been a thread that's out there that I've wanted them to pick up because even every time Sammy came back when she was looking for EJ, I wanted it to be a thread because it never sat right with me that they just accepted the whole robbery angle. Like who's going to believe that EJ DeMera was going to succumb to an armed robbery? It just, it never, it never made any sense to me that they just accepted that and never tried to look any deeper so hopefully that's something that'll come back around yeah especially now that ej's alive and he's been alive for a while now and back in the land of the living there's no way in hell he didn't look into his murder at all it'd be interesting if johnny somehow uncovers it while making his movie if it ends with hillbilly orpheus pushing up daisies i'm (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm fine if Clyde dies. I've never really said I've never really had a use for him. Ever. I want him to die a very specific way, but nobody wants that. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes, we've discussed that before. I mean, I feel like it's I you I listen, that would be like the first time I'd have like a team Ben jersey. I'm not even gonna lie, because I feel like it's justified. It it would be quite so frankly, justified. I feel like he I feel especially like, since Jordan's not here to do it herself. Yeah, and do it would like be so justified. fun to watch. And I would root for him. Yeah. I'd post Honestly. his bail. <laughs> Honestly. Like, you want to make him a killer, give give him a victim I, I can hate. <laughs> mm. Yeah, he owes him one. He does. Especially, yeah, you abuse my mother, you abuse my sister, you abuse me. Like, there's no reason for you to still be breathing and for us to have a relationship at all. Yeah, so like, you know, if if this, if EJ ends, if this ends up leading to EJ somehow getting Clyde killed, I'd be fine with it. I just, like I said, I want that to come out. But I think, is that all for this story? Can we move on to the next one? Yeah, there's not much here. <laughs> Struggling. Okay, every everything everything is so short this week. It's yeah, not our week. usual. A very weird week. Uh, our next story is Brady wants Chloe to go away with him to New York. He claims it's for business, but Chloe isn't so sure. She is hesitant to go, but ultimately agrees to after talking to Philip, who isn't happy but says he trusts her and is okay with it. What did we think? Brady ain't shit, but I'm thoroughly entertained. <laughs> And I love that Chloe called him on it too. Like she knew exactly what he was doing and wasn't letting him get away with it. I do wish that Philip didn't give him the satisfaction 
of him being rattled. I wish he would have kept that to himself and he could have vented to Kate or Lucas. Philip um, unfortunately doesn't know how to do that when it comes yeah. to Brady. He never he's never been able to. Yeah. But it was funny. <laughs> and it's only gonna get worse next week, which we'll talk about all that next week. But yeah. I just want to say congratulations, Ronald David Carlovati, because you've successfully made me hate Brady. And I it, didn't it, realize that was possible. I am tired of Brady. I do, do not want to see Brady in a parry ever. I'm good with him, with his family, but the way he's acting as an asshole for no reason. I like him when he's intentionally messy, but when he's asshole for no reason. Well, he's being intentionally messy right now. He Exactly. He's being intentionally messy because he wants to be with Chloe and he yeah, doesn't maybe believe. maybe he does, but it's still not enjoyable to watch. I'm tired. Yeah, I get Philip has fucked up. I get that he's messy. I love him messy. But I'm tired how dismissive Brady is, how he keeps pushing his boundaries, and he's supposed to be this good guy. No, you know what, Chloe? Go be with yourself. You don't need Brady right now, and you don't need Philip either right now. Go love yourself. I'm tired, seriously, because this storyline stings. And I'm over Brady. And I'm sorry I sounded so mad because I'm just done. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, that's Philip. Before Philip and Chloe got back together, Philip was doing the same shit that yeah, Brady's and I doing didn't now. Like it either. But he is not. I don't. I haven't seen him be dismissive. But Brady, like, he keeps pushing boundaries, and he's like dismissive of his feelings. And he talks about like, what was it? He talks about trust, but he doesn't know what the word means himself. Like Brady gets himself awareness. And I didn't think it was possible for Ron, Ron to make me hate Brady. But in this storyline, none of them look good. But I am not liking Brady. And I wasn't really pissing me off. I wasn't really thrilled. Like I'm, I love Brady and Chloe and that's where I want this to go. But I didn't love the way Brady was acting either. Like I was entertained by it part and part of it was like, okay, this is entertaining and kind of fun. But the other part of me is just so sick and damn tired of the dick measuring contest going on between Brady and Philip over Chloe. I don't think Chloe should be with either of them right now. I really genuinely think she should be alone. Because Brady's a dick. Philip is, yeah, he's insecure. Chloe is using Philip. Like, come on. None of them look good. None. And uh, the storyline is just. Uh. Goes back to what I said originally. I but said, I don't mind that. No, I said at the time, what I'm talking about is when I said when they pivoted to Chloe and Philip. I said that they did not do enough work with the two of them right now, currently, to make that believable because they went from Chloe spending months talking about her feelings for Brady and wanting to be with Brady and wanting to be a family with Brady and Rachel 
to her being in the hospital and saying, okay, I still want to be with you, but I'm not coming home with you because I want us to do this right to all of a sudden I'm with Philip. Like they didn't. They also pivoted back in December. An effort to make it believable that her feelings for Philip were anything other than her actually running from Brady. And so that's where we are now. But they pivoted if back they and had forth. Done that, no, they really didn't because once she, because yeah, they kind of played with Philip and, and Chloe yeah, that's in December. Like a narrative change based on the story they're going to tell. And that's why like this storyline is really plotty. It really... You can you have two ships with history, with rich history, because they go back like 20 plus years, and you're not giving either pairing any respect. I cannot stand Broly, but I get that they have a lot of history, and Ron isn't doing either ship justice. I cannot see how either fan base can enjoy this story. I honestly cannot. Because it's terrible, no matter like how much you try to twist it and tell like, oh, yeah, this is the story has been told from this narrative or this narrative. It still sucks. I mean, Broly got more of a buildup than Flowey did. I mean, yeah, I guess. But I'm just saying. No guessing to it. You literally have to. I just agree. I'm just saying. That's the problem, though. He it's never been like I know what they said. It's but never been. I'm, a I'm just going to ten toes down in it. This has never been a triangle. This has never been a triangle. It's always been presented as third party angst because if it was a triangle, triangle, they would have put, put equal and equitable work into building up Philip and Chloe, and they didn't do that because we know I, they know um, how to do that. Because we'll see. Well, we see that with what they're doing with Allie chanel and johnny which we'll talk about later that's how you build a triangle this but is really not. though i don't think any story aside maybe from like the wraith ava nicole story um any triangle story being written as a triangle because we we know what happened with the other quote-unquote triangle story that just played out and it's basically the same thing happening again. Ron, Ron he should not write triangles. He That's, really doesn't. He really doesn't. Sh- I'm hoping now that Jamie is on board that he does both of these pairings justice because Ron cannot write for either. I'm sorry. I don't like Rowie, but I can see that it's trash for both. I'm just taking my crumbs because <laughs> fuck this shit. Yeah, so I'm going to mute myself and let you guys continue. I do wish Chloe had more of a voice here. And I I like the fact that she's kind of calling Brady on the mixed messages that he was sending because he went from talking about it being business to mentioning her family. So like she's clocking what he's doing. But I just there was something about Brady that really rubbed me the wrong way this week. And I can't quite put my finger on what it is. I think the like, for me, one of my my takeaways is that like Brady's pushing boundaries, but he also knows that he can. Yeah, he's taking advantage of the fact that he can do certain things. 
and, and, and say certain things. And if she were as committed as she claims to be to Philip, all of that would be would be shut down. Brady's not doing anything he's not being allowed to do. Yeah, because she's she's not she's not putting up any boundaries. I mean, she's doing it half-heartedly because exactly. she was like, I don't, I don't necessarily think this is a good idea out of respect of my relationship for Phil with Philip. I don't think I should go on the trip with you. But he's openly flirting with her and she's not turning him away. Because it's like, yeah, I mean it's mm. So I, you know, it goes back to, like I said, from the very beginning, it's been really clear where we're going to end up with this story. What they, I think what they could have done, it probably would have been messier, but I think it would have worked better, is at right after Chris, right after Kristen and Brady's bust up, you could have put Chloe and Brady together because we knew they were, they had fallen for each other. And then you have Philip come in and Philip be the one to pull Chloe away because he convinces her that Brady isn't ready and that he's the better option. So, and then you have her be torn between the two of them. They could have done it that way, but this just seems like it's just it. what you guys have been saying, third-party angst. It doesn't yeah. seem like they're on equal footing at all. Yeah, I, I don't, I have never really gotten Chloe torn between philip and brady since this whole started no it doesn't because seem like even she likes, she likes philip it's just that she just she she wants i think she's in love with brady because even when she got with philip she she took philip to that party and then and spent the entire night with brady so after brady yeah, which I was very happy that Philip called her on that because it needed to be called out. But she's not giving off, I want to be with you. No. So it's... And it's like, it's disappointing to me on a certain level because I ship both of these pairings. I enjoy both of these pairings. I'd be happy with either but it's very evident where the weight is in this story and where yeah. the narrative is in this story. Free Kyriakis. <laughs> what? It's true. I want better. I don't want this for him. It's going to be interesting to see how things shake out next week because I've seen some spoilers and I have some feelings, but I'm going to wait for it to play out and we'll discuss that all next week. But moving on to... I have like a random thought. It would be kind of cool. I know, like, I feel like maybe it would be kind of cool if, uh, because this goes into what we're about to talk about next. If maybe when everything blows up with this whole Gabby, Jake, Philip situation and everything blows up with this whole Rafe and Nicole thing, maybe Philip and Gabby... Not Philip and Gabby. Philip and Ava kind of teamed up to get a little revenge. That might be. I'd be down for that. I wouldn't hate it. And they did have chemistry, so. Yeah, that would be fun to watch. Speaking of Ava, 
Ava and Rafe finally have it out about Nicole. She calls him out on his feelings and he denies them. She storms out and after a very weird convo with Steve, thinks she may have overreacted and heads home to apologize, where she sees Nicole and Rafe hugging. This was the most interesting Rafe and Ava have been to me since they started. Yep. I love this fight. <laughs> yeah, I did too. It was really good. The sad thing is the Ava's at her best when she's insecure and te- insecure and territorial that's the weird part like she's i and thing is i was rooting for her like i want her to pick up a gun and just start waving it around at this point <laughs> like just start shooting them shooting rich I, literally shoot them. she like, could re- listen somebody else already tried to chop off Rafe's dick somebody else could e- <laughs> she could easily shoot it i'm fine with that because he looked her in her face and lied to, his to her face now, i don't know like, i don't know if he's like deliberately <laughs> lying or if he's in denial no he's deliberately lying he's deliberately lying because he owned these feelings to Eli. Yeah, he knows yeah. what's up. And I okay, I so- don't appreciate him making it seem like she's crazy. But I'm glad she I'm glad she addressed that. Like, oh, so now I'm crazy. Like now, now it's something wrong with me. Now I'm now I'm seeing things. No, you were seeing everything that happened. Now he's exactly. just thinking about it. And it's like, and the thing is they're not gonna I, I need them to have him own that because I don't appreciate him playing in her face the way he is. Yeah, own it with no. somebody, maybe to Eli or to someone else. But I don't. Yeah, you can't. You can't. I'm worried. Good guy Rafe when he's like. I'm worried the narrative. Yeah, I'm worried the narrative may have changed. That's what I'm worried about. Like you're not gonna, you're not gonna make me like listen. You, I, I hold Ava accountable for the things that she's done. But you're not gonna make me feel like she's the bad guy in this situation when she's 100% correct. This exactly. is the second time she's asked him. Third or fourth, actually. Damn. At this, yeah, what did oh, she should have listened, stuck with her gut and ended it there because she wanted to. But Steve's stupid ass talked her out of it. What the fuck was that oh, conversation? Means word, listen. A choice? Ooh, oh, there were a lot of choices <laughs> made in those. I, I mm. of all mm. the people she could talk to, like, why Steve? Who, who else would she have talked to? <laughs> well, that's a- Bo- listen. I would have rather watched Ava and Bonnie than anything I watched with Bonnie this week. They could have. They could have done Philip. They could have pulled Philip. Yeah, Gabby. Uh, like, no, uh, no. Gabby would that. That, Gabby would antagonize. Her. Yeah, yeah, Gabby made the situation worse. We saw that. Yeah. Hell, it could have been Ava and Jake. Jake. Yeah, Jake Jake. or Philip. I don't don't need Ava and Steve to talk about anything other than, like, if Trip needs a kidney. That's it. Uh, Other than that, they do not need to interact. And Trip isn't even interacting with either of his parents. He's too busy talking to stepmommy Kayla, which is fine. uh, Given the choices. No, true. I'd a hundred percent pick that over what. But like, I say that as I, I say that as like I, I I like Patchy the pirate. Y'all don't like him, but I, I like him. But yeah, did like him, and I want to like need, him again. But I just, it's so hard. If I need some help, I'm going to like if these are my choices, I'm going to Kayla every time. I'm, I'm going to Kayla. And that's something that they need to be playing on. Like Ava is, Ava spent so much time obsessed with this child. And every time he needs guidance, every time he needs help, every time he needs a sounding board, he goes to Kayla. That should be. That's angst. That should be bothering her. Yep. 
that's something to play and they're not. Well, has she even mentioned her son recently? No. She's been cooking. <laughs> In the words of Michael, would you like something to eat? <laughs> I really don't get how Ava is not more invested in what's going on with Trip right now. It's weird. It's, yeah, she, it's, sh- she should be annoyed because she should be pissed at Allie because that's that's something ir- not like she wouldn't be rightfully pissed, but that's something irrational Ava would do. She would be pissed and holding a grudge at Allie. Especially with what's going on with her and Rafe and Nicole right now. Yep. Seeing Ava, uh, seeing Allie potentially doing the same thing to her son that Rafe is doing to her. Yep. They're missing beats that could make these stories work better and it's irritating me yeah i didn't even think about that till we we started talking about it but i guess we should discuss the nicole half of this lovely triangle nicole gets unnecessarily berated by roman and then runs into gabby who pushes her toward rafe she goes to see rafe after his confrontation with ava realizes she's causing problems for them and tries to back off and rafe refuses to let her I'm just going to open up this segment by saying fuck Roman Brady. It was so irritating. And I'm going to tell you why. Because like you said, it was unnecessary because like you did not need to be a rocket scientist to figure out why they did those scenes. They only did those scenes so that Nicole could feel like trash and go running to rape. And they really could have cut all of that out and just sent her over there anyway. Exactly. Like, like 19, 1994 called, they want their douchebag back. I just, why? This wasn't, this is the first time. They did not need to drag Roman into, especially since it was such a weird pivot from the last time we saw him like talking about this when they, when him and Marlena went to see Eric and they're like, you know, fight for your wife, fight for your family. Yeah, which that point of view made so much more sense considering he was a coward and ran and didn't fight for his family. Right, like, so this whole pivot was such, it was such an obvious plot point just to bring Nicole to to a place where she's feeling low so Gabby could point her in Rafe's direction. And I'm like, they really could have skipped all of this. Yeah. And Gabby could have pointed her I would have much preferred that because I have not wanted to punch Roman in the face for the entirety of Josh Taylor's run. (laughs) (laughs) But I wanted to punch him repeatedly in those scenes. Because here's my thing. He's projecting 25 years of man pain onto this situation that he cost himself because he decided to leave town and not fight for Marlena. Marlena did everything she could to fight for their marriage. And he chose to walk away and he's regretted that choice ever since. And that is on nobody but him. So to try to turn around and make Nicole feel guilty because of the choices he made, nah, that was not the move. It would be really great if they had someone call him on that. I don't don't see that happening. Ari did great in the scenes, though. Um, she's, yeah. She's, yeah. She, got, she got a lot of M material. Um, she Gab, does. Gabby's messy, but I'm okay with this. <laughs> she, yeah, I like this mess. She hates Ava, and she wants Ava. She's wanted Ava out that damn house since she moved in. Um, yeah. I told y'all last week, and I'm gonna say it again. I like the chemistry between Rafe and Nicole. I don't. I don't understand what's happening. I think it's the fact that. Eric is not involved anymore. Like 
I don't know if I said this like last week, but I did tweet it. When it first started, they had her missing Eric, lusting after Rafe, and then pining after Rafe, and then sleeping with Xander. It was just so, it was a bit clusterfuck. Like they, they closed one, they, they needed to close some doors, and I'm happy they did. And I'm enjoying Nicole and Rafe's dynamic. And also, I'm liking the fact that it's pissing Ava off. Start shooting. Go do it, Ava. Start shooting at people. Kidnap a few motherfuckers. I'm here for it. I, and I'm big. Rafe is terrible. I'm rooting for Nicole to be happy. That's what I'm rooting for. So if she's happy with Rafe, I'm cool. Long as it's not Daniel, I'm good. Like, I can deal with it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like. And the thing is, like, I, I will not sit here and, and say that Rafe and Nicole don't have chemistry because they do. I think the problem it, it is like they're, they're trying to ride this train like 10 years too late. And if they're going to try to board it now, they need to clean up a lot of the things around it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, like, I wouldn't it. mind if this is ultimately where we end up. Like they cut out all that silly shit with Duke the Bear and I, like oh uh, incinerate that fucker. <laughs> yeah, you notice we have you notice we didn't see him this week. They talked about him, but we didn't see him. <laughs> they, need, they need never to talk about him. Like if Nicole, <laughs> if Nicole is going to take custody of that fucking thing, throw it out the window. Done. Just bye. It's like I if this is where we end up, I won't mind it. They, I just need them to clean up certain elements of the story, especially if it gets like Ava out of the out of the freaking kitchen. Like, hey. Please, God, because like, like I said last week, Chef Boyar Ava is not it. Would you at like all. something to eat? <laughs> <laughs> I can't all right, what do you think? You've been pretty quiet. I really uh, don't have anything to say about this storyline itself. Um, I thought Roman was major trash to Nicole, and but I did enjoy. <laughs> I enjoyed Gabby. I, I I liked seeing her support Nicole, but I also liked seeing her like push her a bit. But yeah, yeah, I, I like line. unapologetically messy Gabby when it makes sense, and her wanting Rafe to be with Nicole over Ava makes way it more sense it yeah, makes yeah. complete sense than anything else she's doing currently i agree yeah. but yeah the storyline itself i honestly i cannot comment on it because i'm i'm over it like it's gotten to the point that i don't give a fuck well we can now segue into the story that none of us give a flying fuck about but here we are Oh my god, not this story. <laughs> <laughs> Justin and Bonnie are apparently getting married tomorrow, and Victor did not take it well. Justin asks Steve to be his best man, and Bonnie gets a nasty surprise when her sister-in-law comes to town wanting to blackmail her. Bonnie apparently killed her husband, and if Bonnie doesn't pay, Callista will expose all. Um, what the fuck? I... What what drugs were you doing, Ronald? Because right. there's no way in hell this was crack. I know crack <laughs> behavior. This is not it. This is crystal meth. It's pure crystal meth. This is Tina. Why are you doing like I, why it why why, Ooh, why? <laughs> like why couldn't she just be blackmailing her with the fact that Mimi is the one that killed David? Like, why is all, anybody <laughs> blackmailing her at all? Why, why is Mimi in? in Salem I tweeted about it like that would make more sense than a random 
Lockhart showing up. Honestly, what would what would make more sense? History, like what? It's one of is I want Alex Kiriakis cast. I want him to be trying to stop this wedding, and when it doesn't work, he what? seduces Bonnie. That's Ooh, what I want. Okay. No, but like, <laughs> have, have both sets of like Justin's kids showing up and like Mimi showing up, and all of them being against it, like have actual like characters who we've seen or maybe not seen and if mimi was the one being blackmailed by her aunt that would make a whole lot more sense than whatever the fuck i this don't even is. want this aunt in in the picture who is she? <laughs> she she's bonnie's sister i know who she is but i, I don't know her listen See, at least at least they didn't retcon anything. They just I mean, they just, they just gave us an unnecessary addition that nobody asked for. Yeah. What? See, I'm told y'all. Uh, what I tell you about them Lockhart's? Nothing good. Leave them alone. <laughs> <laughs> like, Listen, I, they don't, I don't care <laughs> enough about Bonnie. I don't care enough about the. To, I don't care enough about Bonnie to care about this invented backstory, and I don't have enough emotional investment. And Bonnie and Justin to care about this wedding. Holly and Judy's chemistry is not enough to carry this. Yeah, it's just not. It's it's literally like a series of plot points. That's like we have not seen them in two months. And the last time we saw them was when they got engaged. And suddenly, two months later, they're getting married. Tomorrow, like (laughs) not not even a week. He said tomorrow. Tomorrow, and I said the fuck. Right, I did like that Victor destroyed the living room. That doesn't make any sense because Victor, can, Victor can cannot even stand. stand up. You expect me believe he's going to Hurricane Victor that entire fucking room? <laughs> I think not. No, like I don't like the story. I don't mean, it's ter- it's because it's not a story. They're just scenes. Like yeah. <laughs> they're scenes with dialogue, but there's it's no like, story at all. It, literally, like why? Why? Now, why did they bring Judy back for this? Why are we subjected to this? Right. Why did I, I can be wrong, but I am convinced at this point that the only reason Bonnie is on the canvas is because they didn't want to lose Judy. Judy. And yeah. the only reason we're getting this that we're getting is because they've realized, holy crap, maybe we shouldn't have killed Adrian. Yep. But they can't. Undo it, yeah, because that's one death can't undo. Her death spawned so much story that it just would be a bigger headache. I mean, it's a soap, so I don't know. At this point, I don't care if they did it, because no, because I mean, they're not even writing Bonnie like Bonnie. Exactly. I like writing her like a down home country bumpkin, and I'm like, why? I like the Bonnie we saw in 2017 and 18. That is the Bonnie I enjoy. And if you're not going to have Mimi around to have Bonnie interact with, write her off and bring bring Adrian back somehow. I, don't I, bring it. Don't bring Adrian no. back. Send, <laughs> um, send Wally Kurt as the point Charles. That's what he's needed and that's what he's necessary. <laughs> no, but Justin, saying, Justin ain't needed. If they I'm, want to have Judy still on screen, they can make it happen somehow. Yeah, I don't why, care. I don't understand why they won't cast the boys. I don't get it. They got Sonny back. Okay, we didn't need him, but I'm happy he's coming back with a new actor. There are three other ones that <laughs> should be there raising hell over this, and it's weird that they're not. They Alex Alex no would be the one. Like Alex, yeah, there isn't. 
because no they're not even showing them. They're just showing up every on the first and the fifteenth, like the black folks on YNR, <laughs> to say, "Hey, this is what we're doing now." <laughs> and they have like Stephen Kayla be props. Not well, that I, I don't, I don't mind. Yeah. Yeah, I don't mind it either, to be honest. But like, it's weird. Well, I need Steve to get the entire fuck out of Bonnie's orbit because I just don't like him around her. But and they're using Kayla a lot better in terms of being, I mean, it's weird that she's a talk to for Trip and Allie, but it also weirdly works. So, I mean, I enjoy I mean, Kayla away from uh, Steve. So. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, yeah. she's the thing is, she's 60. I don't need her driving story. I wish her kids were on. I would be I would be more okay with Joey and Stephanie raising hell and giving her gray hairs. Um, but she does work. I just they need to introduce Joey and Stephanie, please. Yeah, I, I yeah. we talked about this. Like it's hard to tell stories with Steve and Kayla, like genera- generational stories. Yeah. When there their aren't kids any. Yeah, exactly. When their kids are not around. I'm not counting trips. Like, could you imagine a story where Stephanie's in an abusive relationship and her parents have to contend with that, considering their own history? Considering Steve's family legacy? Yep. I remember um, Stephanie's rape story back in... Yeah, me too. 2007. That was a good story. I think it was 2008, but yeah. Oh. yeah. Was it eight? Didn't it start in 2007? I I think it was two. I think it was late 2008. I think oh. y'all look at us. We we're supposed to be talking about Justin and Bonnie, and we're <laughs> we <laughs> don't care because don't, the writers like, we don't, don't care. Know. We care about oh. as much as the writers do. We said it's bad. They're basically showing up like once a month, and that's that. I mean, I honestly, I, I honestly wonder what Wally and Judy thought when they got that script. Because first of all, the scene starts. And they're like post food fight. You don't know what the hell just happened. Yeah, I was so confused. Yeah. Like, I was so. I was so. They must have been so confused. I was confused. They were confused. I, I, I give them credit for trying, but it's not enough. Wally, you're good, point, but Wally not good enough to make this check. work. Wally is just getting his check when he he's yeah. GH is where he actually works. <laughs> <laughs> Days is part time. Yeah, Days is his side hustle, and I'm not mad at it. Get your coins, sir. Uh, I'm disappointed strictly because Judy and Wally and the characters of the character of Justin specifically deserves better. Oh, Bonnie does too, but Justin specifically. You took Adrian from him. Judy deserves better. Judy Judy deserves the world. No, that's not even up for discussion, but. Justin, you took Adrian. None of his kids are on. Like they're basically in the same boat as Steve and Kayla right now. It's just that's why they keep throwing them together. The stories, the story's just worse, and that's a sad state of affairs. Like, cause Je- Steve and Kayla have no story. They're just supporting everyone else. Justin and Adrian, Bonnie, shit, Bonnie have a story, but it's terrible, and it's not really a story. It's just a series of plot points. Yeah, airing once every two months is not a story. And that baby, all. if Harrison Ford and Callista Flockhart don't <laughs> sue Ron <laughs> for this, I they they have a great sense of humor because you baby, not not this. 
No, not definitely this. not this. Oh, I knew those names sounded familiar. <laughs> <laughs> not this, honey. Allie McBeal did not give us the dancing baby for you to come and do this. No. Yeah, this was a, this was a choice and it was a bad one. <laughs> well, now we can segue into some of the better parts of this week. Paulina makes peace with Julie and gets back together with Abe and she brings him home to meet her mother in one of the hilariously awkward family meetings I've seen in a long time. And the setup for the secret with, with Lonnie is being set up really well because there was so much tension in those family scenes that, oh, it was so good. And Eli, <laughs> my favorite part was Eli. It's Lamone and Marla. I was in tears. <laughs> oh my god! I think that was, I think that was an ad lib, to be honest. Because <laughs> it, it felt like one. Because there there was so much silence, and all of a sudden you hear him start clapping, and it was literally, you know what, shit's about to pop off. So let me just act happy. Congratulations! If I looked at him like, what the fuck? <laughs> It's always one. It's always one. looked at him like, honey, what are you doing? <laughs> Olivia was like, y'all all right with this? <laughs> <laughs> the seats were good. Was I it love- this week or last week when <laughs> she was talking? To- <laughs> when she broke out the Bible verse, when she was talking to Lonnie. It was this about, <laughs> about uh, Abe and Tamara. It was this week. week. Lord, Lord, keep me near the cross. When Paulito knocked at the door with Abe, and um, Paulito was like, hey, mom, this is Abe. She's like, I know who he is. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that she got to meet Eli and the babies. Oh my yeah, god, that's so cute. This would have been a perfect scene for us to actually like. I know the real babies are coming. I would have loved if this would have, would have been their first scene. Same. I hope I hope we get it at Christmas. I really do. Yeah, need, we'll get it at Christmas because they need a price because, family Christmas. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! But what, I think my favorite part was after everybody yes. left. <laughs> Look at her sick. Get the damn front off your face. <laughs> <laughs> I love how she pivoted from like being like, oh, okay, I'll see you guys later. Get the frown off your face. <laughs> like it was so good. Oh, Olivia is Olivia is tired of Paulina her shit. <laughs> Mama Price is not with it. She was like, I told your ass not to come here. <laughs> this is such a like small random moment, but um. When Paulina, uh, no, Olivia, she talked uh, to about Ilani, like their babies and all that before they left. And they just turned at the same time. I thought that was just, I don't know, it was so cute. Yeah, my other favorite part too, and you mentioned this in the group chat, um, the part with Eli like rocking the, rocking the stroller. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. He was doing that. Especially knowing that there's not, actual babies in there that need to be calmed <laughs> that's such a great acting choice and you can tell Lamona's a dad because that's something a dad would just do yes it was it was so realistic and it was cute because these kids see him like when Abe and Paulina walked in he was still like rocking the stroller when they were talking and it was 
I loved it. It was so funny though, like uh, when they announced that they were back together, and Olivia's whole face. <laughs> her whole face was like i cannot believe this shit right here and then she's like and y'all are okay with this <laughs> lonnie was like well they're they're adults grandma like, yeah. like, expected Lon- i mean i guess because lonnie and paulina made peace yeah. i was actually expecting lonnie to have a bigger issue than she did well she already had her issue with it when she called abe out about how how hard he fell for her but i think once she made peace with that that with Paulina specifically, I think she got over it because she already gave them her blessing anyway. Yeah, and Lonnie basically she said that she wanted to set an example for her like own family and just like she wanted to put that behind them. And she's like she's supportive of them now. And it's for a reason also, but yeah. I, I also like I know that probably people are 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 like, you know. Olivia needs to calm down. Abe and Tamara were, you know, decades ago. However, if you are familiar with Black elders, you know that that interfamily dating thing is not. That's not it. (laughs) It's not something we're okay with. That's not something. So, like, I I actually really love that her reaction is so like authentic because you cannot show up to Sunday dinner with your cousin's ex. You cannot show up to say you cannot. <laughs> Big mama is not passing you the potato salad. She's taking off her shoe. <laughs> you knew better. You knew better. Also too, because of the complications of the truth of Lonnie's parentage makes Paulina's choice to date Abe yeah. Even yeah. more questionable. So there's there's also a lot underlying there too. Yeah. Like I'm actually surprised that she didn't straight up ask her, do you even really have any real feelings for this man? Or is this just a way to stay close to yeah. Lonnie? You know what? This show couldn't drop huger anvils if they tried. Because Lonnie <laughs> was like. I'm so glad we have all these secrets. And I know, like eighty behind us, all the lies were over. I'm like, girl, <laughs> you just you wait. I'm, I'm excited for this. They, they are setting this up to be the biggest ticking time bomb, and I cannot wait. And yeah. now I'm scared that, like, I, I feel like something tragic is going to be the reason the truth comes out maybe because that line about paulina talking about taking it to her grave i'm just like hmm i mean the way somebody might be in especially like with the promo that we got somebody might be like in some danger yeah i could see that yeah i feel like the next phase of this story might be lonnie getting injured and beyond salem and then it, it being revealed to someone who she I is and to be Lonnie because oh that could bring a whole nother mess to the story which could be really good. I wanted to be Eli. I don't <laughs> see honestly. I don't see Lonnie finding out something. No, I meant like Lonnie getting like. Okay, you you want Lonnie to be the I'm one getting hurt, hurt. Yeah. 
Yeah, I want I don't... Lonnie to get her. I want Eli to be the one to find out about her parentage after she. Oh Lord, Jesus. I want mess. I'm tired of this. Yeah. this Hallmark shit. Give me some mess. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that at all, to be honest. I think honestly, because like I think I mentioned this in the group chat, but if they went along those that, that route, it would be very like they did something similar back in the '90s, like Sarah. I don't remember if it was when Sarah was hit. I don't think it was when Sarah was hit by the car. I think it was like Sarah got caught up in an accident and she was unconscious in the hospital. And that's how Maggie found out that Neil was her biological father. And that is what started them on the path to their affair. So not that I want, not that I want that part of it to come true for Eli and Lonnie, but I do want someone to maybe find out the truth about Lonnie's parent parentage and also maybe keep it from her and just kind of give us another level to this. Yeah. Oh, Lonnie's gonna be so mad if that happens with everyone. Oh my god. But that's gonna be, be really juicy. Mad regardless, but yeah, it's gonna it's gonna get messy. It's gonna get ugly and messy, and I am here for all of it. Same. Well. We got some more mess we can talk about. <laughs> uh, let's see. Trip says, I love you to Allie, who cannot say it back. She seeks counsel from Marlena and Kayla in some really good scenes that give Allie some much needed point of view. And my favorite part of this particular thing was in her conversation with Kayla, where she actually brought up them feeling for Trip guilt. Like, I wasn't expecting them to play that beat. So when they did, I was like, oh, I really like that. Oh, that that I love you. <laughs> <laughs> she turned to Scooby Doo, baby. Like, oh, like, what did you say? Dear in headlights personified. I mean, Ellie, you heard what the fuck he says. Stop playing. <laughs> Ooh, baby, not I care about you a lot, <laughs> child. I don't blame Trip. I don't. I I had to get my stuff and go too. Yeah, I wasn't expecting. I actually thought that Paige was legit. I didn't realize he got the fuck out of Dodge until he, my little feelings he said something to Kayla. Because I don't think he knew what to say after that. Right? I don't think he did either. And I think part of him can kind of see the writing on the wall because he's unfortunately been in this position before, but yeah. he doesn't want to push her when she very clearly doesn't want to own up to the feelings it's something else too after her conversation with marlena when she was on the phone with chanel she said i love you very easily very easily and that that i think is what made her because like when she hung up the phone she had this look on her face i think the fact that it came out so easily with chanel kind of threw her for a loop yeah because she looked at her phone and she was like wait a minute (laughs) so i think she realizes that she does not love trip because she's yeah. easily saying i love you to chanel and with trip she she cannot bring herself to see it because she doesn't feel it exactly and i'm like i'm gonna be probably surprised some people but i genuinely do feel bad for trip in this scenario because i do too I honestly believe that if Chanel had not entered the chat, Trip and Allie would yep. be fine because they, I mean, from their first scene, we knew that they would end up together where they are. 
Like it was very evident that we were headed for a trip and alley pairing at some point. So it's like, I, I do feel like had Chanel not entered the equation, those two would be well on their way to happily ever after. But it's very evident that her heart is torn not in this. And it's leaning more toward more and more towards Chanel with every interaction. Because even at the prospect I, of I possibly like setting Chanel up. And she said, you know, I care about you a lot. I do. I think that she does. She cares about him a lot. But caring about someone and being in love with someone are two different things. Yeah. And you could tell too, like even the prospect of setting Chanel up with Johnny when Trip brought it up was like her Ali's eyes started no. twitching. Baby. Ali's, <laughs> Ali's eyes started twitching. I'm like, damn, that was like she's, like it makes her skin crawls thinking of Ali, thinking of Chanel with someone else. Ooh, and she, especially that oh yeah and we'll we'll, we'll talk about the last scene later. Tomorrow. <laughs> oh I know me too. But I I just love the fact that we're getting point of view from Allie. And I love the fact that Allie is so comfortable in her relationship with Marlena that she just openly talked about having a threesome dream. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Marlena is the superior grandmother. Let's just she call is. it what it is. She just is. She's like, well, my brother already came out to you. It's not probably not that big of a deal anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> And I love that, like, Marlena is being so gentle and so patient because she, you could see on her face, she clearly, clearly sees the writing on the wall here. Mm -hmm. But she's letting Allie come to it in her own, on her own terms, in her own time. And she's just being gentle and supportive. I just, I love Marlena, man. And like, because even like Marlena said, feelings are messy. Like, not everything is that tidy because she even said in a perfect world Chanel would be with her guy I would be with Trip, and we would all be perfectly happy I also do appreciate (laughs) (laughs) I also do appreciate the way Trip is handling it yes he's he's like because we're not used to this but Trip's reacting the right way that's why people can feel sympathy for him because he usually doesn't react well when he gets rejected no i'm i love how much growth they're giving him yeah Yeah. i'm happy they're showing it now because they told us that he had it and we weren't seeing it and now we do because when he went through this with ben and sierra his reaction when he saw the writing on the wall with ben and sierra was to frame ben yep and he's not trying to remove chanel from the equation that is growth. He's actually being remarkably civil and nice to her. And understanding. because he's, he's be- They're finally showing him being this good guy that they keep telling us he is. Yeah. They're finally backing up what they say. And I'm just like, this is why they need more people. They need more people on the canvas because I... Yeah. I I'm gonna feel bad. I feel like I'm torn. I'm I'm like I I don't want him hurt. I would like it if he had like a soft place to land, but he doesn't. There's no, nobody <laughs> like there's there's nobody on the canvas for him. So it's just like sucks, dude. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. Aria, what do you think about this part of it? I mean, I guess <laughs> you don't care. <laughs> Yeah, I don't really care about Trip. I mean, I, I kind of feel bad for him, but I don't, I don't really give a fuck. 
like with trip this is what trip does yeah and also he's not a interesting character like remove trip from this triangle uh quadrangle and this triangle will still be like intact yeah doesn't do anything to this triangle or quadrangle i feel like he needs that story more than the story needs him exactly but yeah. he's, I don't know if the right if it's the writing, the character, or the acting, but like Trip is dull, and you he's he's had like uh, four pairings, and none of them have worked. Mm, three, Sierra, Claire, and Haley. now Allie. Uh, they didn't really do well. I mean, I mean, he kind of had feelings for her. They never really got a chance to fully explore him and Haley, so yeah, I don't really still, count him and like, Haley. Like he's had multiple pairings, and none of them have clicked. So, yeah, I'm. The thing is, I like Lucas. I wish yeah, I they could try to find some, but they don't seem really. I mean, with the character name Trip, so. <laughs> <laughs> and if it's so, funny. I mean, I, I've said it before. I. If I were Lucas, I'd be kind of nervous because the last time he got the short end of the stick of a triangle, he ended up out of a job. Yeah. That's that's the thing is that's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting to hear that news because I feel like it's coming. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I had to say about Trip's side of things. Um, I liked, I don't remember much because it, uh, the, whole, the whole week was a blur, but I... I actually liked um, Allie's conversation with Kayla and with Marlena. I preferred the scenes with Marlena. They were nice. I honestly yeah. don't have much to say about those scenes because I really enjoyed them. Yeah. They were really good. And like I said, I just enjoyed actually getting her point of view because that's not something we get a lot of. But um, it's nice that they're finally kind of giving her a point of view on everything. Yeah. I want to say that one of the things that I appreciated about Tripp's scenes with Kayla was him sort of shutting down the idea that this was all just Allie's trauma response. He was like, well, I don't think it's that, <laughs> you know? Yeah, because initially that was his um, belief that it was all because of Charlie. And he's, I'm happy he's kind of, taking his head out of the sand about it and yeah. like nah there's she has feelings for someone else because I can see it because I'm watching it happen yeah but again it makes sense that he would see it because unfortunately he's been here before yeah it, it would be dumber if he didn't see it given the fact that he's been here before true yeah now we can move on to the other half of this lovely little quad here Johnny and Chanel go on a first date that gets interrupted by Paulina in more <laughs> hilarious scenes that I loved. Yeah. After she leaves, things heat up between them, but they pump the brakes when Johnny doesn't have protection. Chanel decides they should just wait, and Johnny asks her if she's trying to get over the girl she's into by using him. She says maybe, but does tell him she genuinely likes him. She calls it a night and heads home. Johnny and Chanel have way more chemistry than they have a right to. Yeah, I was not expecting to be as into them as I am and it's it's throwing me 
I'm be honest. I I really I really enjoy like Chanel with Allie and Chanel with Johnny. The thing is though, with one thing with uh, Johnny and Chanel, I think it's intentional. It's going way too fast, but I think that's supposed to be like it's Ooh, supposed to be that but way. That's the but thing that's what I'm saying that I think it's supposed to be that way because yeah, it's really starting to be messy. And it's I starting to be messy, it, and it's young. I like young it's, kids it's, hook up on a first date. That's what they do. It feels very young adult, and yeah. we don't get that often. We get oh, let's look at each other for six months and then let's <laughs> say I love you for six months uh, and then let's touch each other for six months and it's, nobody acts like that. And then let's get married. No one acts, nobody in their 20s acts like that anymore. You meet somebody, mm-hmm. you like them, you're probably going to want to screw them by the end of the night. Like that's just, that's just the way young people operate. So I'm, I'm excited to see because I, I want to know who, I, I wonder if it's Jamie. Huh. Because um, <laughs> yeah, it comes, who was cons- maybe he was consulting and say what they should be doing and what they because it, it comes off someone very young is or some they've, they're talking to someone that knows young people or that interacts with young people yeah it feels very like relevant and very live like it feels video. modern it feels yeah. modern yeah with the meat cute and what yeah. else Every, like everything just like Chanel calling him something trap. like yeah <laughs> And also, she was like, "That guy is so fine." <laughs> this Paulina. Can we also? <laughs> yes. Can we talk about the Paulina aspect of the date? Because that was hilarious. She went, "Mama, you're <laughs> <laughs> embarrassing me." Right. Well, that was because Paulina now. was just telling everything. everything. It's interesting, like, though. She like, she like, she like, are you fluent? Like, are you fluid too? She's <laughs> telling so much tea about Chanel, but she's keeping a major secret. Like, oh, is that possible? Well, Chanel, Chanel's I secrets aren't secrets. That's the issue. I think that that might like. Should Chanel ever find out about the secret that Pauline is keeping before it becomes the truth? I think that might play into like a potential Chanel Lonnie rivalry. Like Chanel could be very like Chanel could be very upset that Pauline is just willing to let whatever she wants fly about Chanel and like in terms of telling everything, but she'll keep secrets for Lonnie. It'd be very interesting if they play into that. Yeah, because she was. <laughs> You was sitting there and say, telling everything about Chanel, and I'm, I was laughing so hard because I really enjoyed that. It was so good, and I th- one of my favorite things too was like in in the moment where Johnny like stood up and like shook Paulina's hand. I could not stop laughing because I kept thinking about the story that Carson told on Dish and Days last week when like I guess they were rehearsing and he went to shake her hand and his hand was so sweaty and she's like and, and Jack A was like. Are your hands always this sweaty? <laughs> and it just it made me laugh. I just I love everything. Speaking of that, um, there was one scene when they were outside. I don't remember what um Paulina said, but um Lucas's reaction, she was talking with um Oh, he speaks. Yes, it was so <laughs> genuine. I, I I thought that was an ad lib because the way they react. It might have, it might have been. <laughs> oh my God. I, lo- I loved it. I don't really care about it, but that was hilarious. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm excited about this story. 
Yeah, me too. So I think I'm going to flip the last two things on the outline and yeah. move the um the last the last thing up one. Um, Trip and Chanel end up meeting in the square and they plan a double date. And Allie is shocked as hell when Chanel shows up for their double date with Johnny on her arm. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> the messiest part of this quarry. Oh my Trip, God. Yo, Trip is working harder to get Chanel hooked up with somebody than he is to get Smelly. This is the hardest working man in Salem. Right I kind of <laughs> wish they sprinkled in more about like Johnny being uh, Chanel's date. Instead of Allie just finding out like two seconds before, I, I mean, they need to build. It's not just like it's not just the story. They usually do this with other stories, like major reveals. And I, I think had they given Allie any clues, it would have she would have no, not too many clues, but like something to build it up more. I mean, they kind of did in a way because like. They, they had at least two or three near misses before we even got here. She knew Chanel was into somebody. She knew Johnny was into somebody. She almost saw Johnny's picture on Chanel's phone. I mean, she should have seen like something and she would be like, oh, this is blah, 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 something Johnny likes or, or my brother, maybe not his name, my brother likes or something like just more sprinkle in to build it up more. Because it, I mean, you kind of got what you, yeah, I get, I get what you're saying, but I'm saying like something that would make her go, huh? Oh, no, that can't, can't be it. And brush it off, you know, it happened, it happened like two seconds, but I mean, it did happen. You wanted it sooner in the story, yeah, a bit sooner. How much sooner? Because she only found out about it like last week, a few days sooner, maybe not just not right before, not right before, exactly. It would have been built it up better. I'm not saying it like the scenes itself were actually there actually would have been a better, an easy way to do it if the phone call had taken place at the demera mansion and she maybe heard johnny's voice in the background right oh. or something yeah, but I, either way they they're about to be really oh i cannot wait for that they, all, so all four of them like there there was a, there was a screenshot or a promo pic i saw literally of all four of them and they all had different versions of what the fuck on their face it was hilarious they look so awkward oh my god i cannot wait oh tomorrow's gonna be so much fun and now we move on to our last story segment of the week johnny hits up tony and anna for movie funding EJ stops them before they can say yes. EJ is determined for Johnny to work at Demare Enterprises, and Johnny is just as determined to avoid it at all costs. <laughs> I John- love this and points to Tony for the race car driver line. Yes. <laughs> right. Johnny's a character. I love him. Because <laughs> Johnny gives no fucks about Demare Enterprises. He came, in, he came in with the phone on them and then he was complimenting Anna. You know, she loves a compliment. <laughs> she was like, ooh, maybe he can run the uh, film division of Demare Enterprises. We can call it, it Demare. Demer- exist. And she was like, we could call it Demare Flix. But somebody was like, am I the only person that thinks, somebody tweeted this, I'm like, am I the only person that thinks Johnny may be shooting porn? <laughs> and I lost it because I remember Ron said on One Night to Live, he did do a porn story. Oh, <laughs> I, I don't think it's a porn story. Because uh, but- <laughs> he's not giving any details about the movies he's making. He just wants to make movies. 
I wonder if he knows what kind of movie he wants to make or he's trying to get money first and then he'll figure it out. Mm, yeah, but I'm it was EJ's an asshole. Like, stop, leave him alone. Like, let, him, I, I, let his 100%. career flop first and then try to get him on, to, on board to um Demira Enterprises. And like because Tony, I think Tony and Anna would have done it too if EJ hadn't said what they said. And then Johnny was pissed and called Tony Fredo. Yeah, okay. Which was, <laughs> which was a Godfather reference, which took me a second. To, I literally, yeah. I knew it was a Godfather reference, but I wasn't 100% sure on the context. So I literally had to look at my mom and I was oh. like, uh, can you explain that, please? Tony should have cussed his ass out. That was disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> he cut, well, in Tony's way, he did. <laughs> but yeah, I'm enjoying the dynamic. In the Demare household again. And, and I loved Chanel coming in and like introducing herself <laughs> to EJ and like admiring the house and talking about all that's missing is a is a moat and a drawbridge. Oh yeah. And she also talked about how she grew up with a mom who was in real estate. So it it was nice that they played on that too. Yeah. Like there it was just I'm just loving everything Johnny right now. They have yeah. not made a misstep with him. And granted, it's only been a couple of weeks, but it's been He's hit the ground running, and not everybody does that when they start. Something about the EJ and uh, Johnny dynamic is coming off as a bit off to me, but I I think it still works. But there's something that's just, I don't know. I think it's supposed to be off. Johnny has a lot of resentment towards his I father. Get that. No, I get that part, but like the way EJ is, like the way EJ is written, is kind of I don't know. Maybe it's not how you pictured him being I a mean, father to grown kids. I don't know. There's something that just doesn't feel like it's clicking for me at all. But I, it still works, so I'm I'm good with it. I really did it. Like like the scenes where Chanel walked in. I thought they like that whole scene itself was good. But yeah. But I also wonder if what you're picking up on is intentional because Tony's also calling him out on how he's handling Johnny too. I don't know really what it is, but there's something, and maybe as the story progresses, like my opinion will change, but there's something just not working for me with EJ. Like I I like that in the role. I don't have the problem with the way EJ is written. Just the way he is with Johnny but I guess it makes sense right now he comes off very controlling much like Stefano did yeah yeah like he's you gonna be my son my way or that's it Johnny is standing up to him much and the only thing is like EJ would stand up to Stefano but then would eventually cower to Stefano Johnny's not cowering to EJ Not, not yet we'll see it depends on what the part of it depends on if EJ shows like all of his true colors because we know how ruthless and lethal EJ can be. If he's gonna get that down and dirty with his children, he'll do it with other people. He'll even do it with Sammy. But what will he do it with his kids? That's the question. I think that's the difference because I, I, I think even through beyond all of the re- valid resentment that he feels with his father, he also has a stability with EJ and with that relationship that EJ never had with Stefano. So it's like, you can push your parent away when you know that they're always going to come back. 
true. I, I don't think that EJ was ever a hundred percent confident that Stefano would always come back. Yeah, Johnny knows that his dad isn't going to go and stay gone. Like, I mean, <laughs> you know, the man literally came back from, you know, mummification. Yeah. So <laughs> he he knows that, you know, EJ will set the world on fire if need be to end up by his side. So he has the confidence in that relationship to be like, you know what? No, nah, I'm not going to do that. And you're not going to make me. Now what? I don't know what the now what is going to yeah. is going to entail, but it's like he's he's secure enough to be like I can stand on this firm ground with you, and it will be okay. And it's interesting to me to kind of see EJ stepping more and more into being his father's son when that was never really what, what he, he wanted. Yeah, he wanted to be. So it's like there's a lot of dynamics going on, and I'm just also to, and, like and something interesting too when you think about it. He rebelled so much against being Stefano's son. It you could argue that him running away from being a Demera is part of what wound him up in the position of becoming a mummy. So at you know, as he was recovering, he just decided, well, clearly me being the upstanding Demera, so to speak, didn't really get me anywhere except in a hell of a lot of pain. So what exactly am I fighting against? Let me just dive head first all in and see where that gets me. Yeah. Yeah. It could also be a grief thing. Like he's missing his father. So he's trying to emulate him to keep him alive in some way. Do we know if EJ and Steven O had any conversations? God, let's hope not. <laughs> that means we would have to address it. I don't want to hear that. Let's oh, not. we don't want to go back there. <laughs> so, okay, that's true. It's just be interesting to see, like, what the last point of communication EJ had with his father was, if they ever really go there. Yeah. Yeah, because there's like a lot to play with under the surface if they want to. I'm definitely intrigued to see where things go and things have been set up for a very entertaining week next week. So that is it for our weekly recap. And we will now jump into our segments. Since Michael is not here, we do not have a read of the week. Hopefully he will tweet something out for us and we can check that out at another time. But for now, we will go right into the good, the bad, and the ugly. Just Dylan, why don't you- Wait, before you do oh. that, um, I'm gonna check out early. I have to get going. Um, I just wanted to be here for the recap. I'll talk to y'all later. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye. Okay, well, we'll head into our segments. We'll head into good, bad, and ugly first. Dylan, why don't you start us off? Okay, um, my good for the week is again, um, I had two, the Price, Carter, Grant family <laughs> uh, scenes, I loved them. Marla Gibbs is a treasure and I, I hope we can get her back and maybe keep her a little bit longer next time. I just, I loved everything about them. I loved her scenes with Eli and Lonnie and the babies and I loved... Abe and Paulina getting back 
together and being happy and cute and I love Pauline and her mom it was just everything worked for me um I wish we could have had Chanel in the mix in those scenes too because I I really want to see like what she brings the what spice she adds to the family I don't think we're done with Olivia because I feel like we're going to get Chanel Olivia scenes because stuff Raven was saying on on social media makes me think that she's at least filmed with her I hope so because I want to I want to I want to see more I'm just I loved those that was great and also the um Johnny Chanel scenes I I did not expect to like them as much as I do and it was just a really really pleasant surprise and I'm just excited about where it goes and looking forward to seeing more so that was good for me um my bad was (laughs) I don't necessarily, this whole Philip, oh God, Philip, like, I don't, I don't appreciate how naive he's being set up to be. And I don't appreciate how he's, it it feels like at this point, he's being set up to take multiple L's. And I, as a Philip fan, I am not enjoying that. I'm just not enjoying that at all and my ugly is honestly this whole Callista Harrison Bonnie what I don't care it's not it's just not good it's just not good I didn't like it so (laughs) it was ugly they could have kept it all right all right what about good bad and ugly for you um my good Honestly, my good, bad, and ugly are pretty much the same. Um, I enjoy the entire car price, grand family scenes. Um, I enjoy the quadrangle mess of a story that we're getting. Um, so she pretty, pretty much said everything. Um, so bad, I guess, this whole Bonnie thing. Um, I guess I will combine it by bad and ugly. Like most of these stories are just so bad. I cannot even enjoy them. Like I have two stories that I enjoy, which was my good. The rest is just so bad and ugly that I need the show to get their shit together and do better because show is not good at all. My good. um, I'm going to keep it a little bit different. You guys covered the carver price grant stuff brilliantly so i'm gonna pick something else my good was the point of view we got from ally a lot of our complaints through um ally's rape story was that we didn't really get a whole lot of point of view from her and i love the fact that we're rectifying that now and giving her point of view on everything And it's something I've been noticing the last couple of weeks that in her scenes with Johnny and again this week in her scenes with um, Kayla and Marlena, we've been getting a lot of Allie point of view. And I love that. My bad. Um, Roman Brady and Jack Devereaux. Like, I just, why? Why are you such gigantic assholes? Fix it, Jesus, or get them the fuck off of my screen. And my ugly is everything having to do with Bonnie on Friday. I, 
I want my 15, like whatever amount of time that took up in Friday's episode, I want it back. That was bad. I never want to see that shit ever again. And that's it for my good, bad, and ugly. Do either of you have a watching it wrong? I don't know if I have a watching it wrong. I didn't have one plan, but I guess like I've been seeing a lot of tweets like judging preference and talking about how you cannot say this if you're a fan of this couple or this character and that's not how it works because stop just stop you can I'm not against people talking about like like characters or criticizing them or even fans but when we talk about preference that's something you cannot talk about at all and you just sound stupid because like no I'm not even gonna go there I'm not gonna say you can't say anything about these fans when you ship this that's not me and I hate when fans do that like no so those are the kind of things I've been seeing today and I just need fans to stop it because it's dumb as fuck. Like either way, what other fans like or prefer or ship or hate, it doesn't even affect you. So shut the fuck up. Thank you. Okay, Dylan, what about you? Um, I don't really have one for this week. I will say one of the things that I noticed and I've said it before, but I think maybe we need a reminder um everything that everything is not meant to be malicious and it would be nice if people would stop responding to everything as if it had malicious intent like a lot a lot of y'all go for the drag when the drag is not necessary and then you wonder why you end up blocked or you end up muted or so-and-so doesn't want to deal with, you know, or, you know, this actor has you on their block list or whatever. Like maybe if you didn't respond as if everything is an attack, maybe if you didn't respond as if every observation is made with malicious intent, you wouldn't be in that situation. I just, I, I feel like, I feel like soap Twitter a lot of the time is at a 10 and maybe collectively we need to bring that down to a two. So that's just an observation I had this week. Okay. And, and my watching it wrong is a general thing where if you dislike something or are unhappy about something, you can just say that instead of being factually incorrect. Because there is nothing that drives me more insane than when people speak on things that are just not the truth. Case in point, when people found out that the Beyond Salem Jewel theft story was being tied to the Alamains, and that is part of the reason why John was involved. People got big mad because John was only an Alamein for a blip, they called it, in 1991 and 92. And the Alamains have a 
have more important focus according to these people with Bo and with Steve than they ever did with John when there are years worth of receipts to actually prove that to be false. So if you don't like it, was it a person? What? I said, was it people or was it a person? Because I saw one person. There were two. That's the, that's, see, that's the other thing. Okay. I, I, I have one more to add. But okay. Um, no, no, you can finish because I'll, I'll just kind of. Okay. No, that's fine. I just like, if you don't like something that just own that you don't like it, don't try to like justify your dislike of something by being factually incorrect. That's just, that is just something that annoys me. And it's something that I have to point out every time I see it. I'm done. I was going to say to kind of take a little tangent. There's a, this is another thing that I've noticed that I, I feel like does more harm than good. If you are going to take aim at a segment of a fandom and point out, you know, certain behaviors that they're engaged in, make sure that it's not like just, you know, one or two or three, you know what I mean? Make sure that it's a substantial number of people engaging in the behavior. Because when you say something like, I don't know, uh, I don't know, like you say something and you're like, oh, Gabby fans are doing blah, blah, blah. You know, you put it on, you put it on blast. You tweet it like, oh my God, Gabby fans are being so ridiculous, blah, 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 blah. Well, is it really Gabby fans or were you scrolling and you saw one person say that and now they, it's one person's tweet with like three likes. Is that really Gabby fans or is it that person? Like we need to be a lot more intentional when we call things out and call people on the carpet for behavior. Cause if you're throwing everybody in, like if you're going to throw everybody in, make sure that it's a substantial number of people doing the thing that you're putting on the summer jam screen. Cause I, I saw a couple of people with rather, rather large followings do that. And when I went looking for the thing that they were complaining about, it was like two, three people. So like, if you're going to put a whole group of folks on blast, you need to make sure that it is a substantial number of them that are doing the thing that you're putting them on blast for. That's my other thing. <laughs> Sorry. Nope, that's okay. And I think that is an excellent way to end it. Uh, do you guys have any final thoughts? I'm just really excited for Beyond Salem. Me too. All right. So we will see y'all next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.